Wow. Just wow. We're back. We're back. This is the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Star of the show, Adam Beasley. Caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. That's me. Wow. Hi, Beasley. Hello, my friend. It's been way too long. Wow. Just wow. Anything going on in the last three months? <laughs> uh, I consistently break 100 now when I play golf. Is that what you're wondering? That's uh, That wasn't on my mind, but that's good news, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we are, uh, we've got some things to cover today. Let's say that. Uh, first of all, do you have a good summer, Armando? I've had a very productive, surprising uh, summer. It's been uh, very interesting, to say the least. Perhaps my most enlightening summer ever. Let's wow. Yeah. Any, any details you want to share? None. Okay. Well, <laughs> how, 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 was, how was the book received? I'm sure well. Oh, the, dude, the book is, uh, is selling well in pre-sales. And it's the weirdest thing because uh, the uh, Triumph books, for those people that don't know, I've written a book called 100 Things Dolphins Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. It comes out September 8th. I encourage you to to buy it, please. Uh, Personal plug. But the weird thing is Triumph Books, which is publishing the book, they have marketing people and they have PR people. And guess what? I'm the guy that they're trying to market <laughs> and PR. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and the other day they were asking me my avail- availability for the Miami Book Fair. Wow. How about, How about that? that? How about uh, that? Are, are they going through old social media posts and asking you to scrub them like you do with other celebrities to make sure that uh, you're uh, you're all above board? No, I think uh, they have not reached that point yet, but I think I'm good. I never, as a teenager, well, first of all, Twitter didn't exist when I was a teenager, but I don't have anything that I have to worry about that doesn't include, you know, any sort of... Um, you know, possibly politically incorrect stuff. Other well, than the I, fact that I did call Callum Kaepernick Satan one time, you know, but that's a, you know. that's a matter that's a matter of public record. Yeah, uh, I stand by that. By <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to congratulate you on the book. I'm, I look forward to reading it. And uh, when we have a you know a quieter lull, maybe we could have a Armando book edition of the Dolphins and Death podcast. That would be fun. But I, to be to be honest. We got so much to cover today that I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get to it all, Armando. It's there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's like um, we're we're almost at the eve of training camp. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. They're going to get out there, uh, <laughs> they go in great condition, and three days later they're going to put their pads on, go through the Oklahoma drill. It's going to be amazing, Beasley. Yeah, that's none of that's going to happen, sadly. Uh, today is Wednesday, is that right? July 22nd. During this pandemic, I have no concept of time. But my uh, my computer tells me today is Wednesday, July 22nd. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, July 23rd, rookies report. And usually that would be a big deal. But nothing is normal this year. And all that will happen tomorrow will be some Zoom meetings and the beginning of a very long, very intense very thorough testing process that will include all the Dolphins rookies getting swabbed up their nose to see if they have COVID. 
if they uh, the the way it works, and I know you know this, Armando, but in case our listeners don't, uh, the rookies have to have two negative tests in a span of uh, 72 hours, and if they do that, they'll be allowed in the building finally for the first time on Monday. Here's in, here's an interesting thought that that came to me the other day. So. I'm watching, obviously, from the, from the vacation sideline as the NFLPA is negotiating feverishly with the NFL to get these guys uh, the best possible, um, you know, kind of health regimen so that they are staying healthy and so forth. And it involves all these tests and all these, you know, all these precautions Forgive me if I have eyes, but I watched on social media tape after tape after tape after tape after post after post after video of NFL players getting together in random places all across the United States uh, in nothing but, you know, either uh, shorts and and that's it and sneakers, uh, cleats. Or shirt sleeves at the at the max, and four, five, six of them working out with no social distancing, no masks, nothing, and they were just getting ready for a season to be in shape for a season. And all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about you must be tested every two days and every five minutes and every three minutes. You can't go back, and you gotta have a place where you have to be. It's like what happened? What happened? Well, um, two things happened. One, uh, these players and the people that represent them, and presumably the team as well, know, absolutely are sure that if they just show up next week without that work, they're going to look like garbage, that they're going to be out of shape, they're going to be out of fitness, that they're not going to be sharp. They're going to be really bad. Like anything else, football is a skill, and you have to practice that skill. I'm sure that this won't apply to you, Armando. When I came back from vacation, I was rusty. There were things, half the roster I didn't even remember was on the team. And so, yeah, you need to get back into your craft. And these these workouts these guys are doing is them just saying, look, I'm a professional. My livelihood's on the line here. Brian Flores isn't going to care on August 18th or the first day they can have a pad of practice. They're not, he's not going to use it as an excuse and say, ah, you can have another month to get back into shape. No. They know that if they want to make this team, that they have to be at the top of their game. So they're going through these, these workouts. The quarterbacks are throwing to receivers, and, and they're, they're, they're acting as if this is their minicamp. The problem with that, Armando, is this. The, 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 the virus is real. It's going to get to these guys at some point, particularly in South Florida where it's, it's worse than other places. And it's a lot worse for them to have to sit out three weeks because they caught it from one of these workouts uh, than, than coming in out of shape. There, there's no good answer is what I'm trying to say. And so I think what's going to happen is you've already seen 59 the, – the, the PA has announced that 59 players have already tested positive, and that's before the protocol is even in place. That number is going to double, maybe even triple over the next week. Um, it's going to be a rough start. But I do think this, that I think once they get through that first period where guys are coming from all over the country, they're getting on planes, they're hanging out and maybe at restaurants and bars – once you get over that first hump of the illnesses, I think you're going to see a, it, it kind of settle down a little bit, and we're going to get into a routine where, yeah, you might have a positive here or there, 
But you, I, I think the biggest number of positives you're going to have for the entire year will be the next two weeks when these guys come from these workouts we're talking about with no testing, with no supervision, that they're being exposed to this thing. They're going to come in. They're going to have a positive test. They're going to be isolated. And hopefully after that first initial wave, things will start to calm down. On the, uh, on the positive side, uh, pardon the pun, um, what I would say is most of these guys, they are in the age demographic that COVID is basically, you know, a cold. And uh, they are in a demographic and they are in such shape that um, what you're going to see is a COVID positive test is a sprained uh, groin or a ankle injury, and not a high ankle injury. It's going right. to be two weeks, uh, maybe 10 days, and then they'll be back. And th- I'm thankful for that. For sure. No, the, uh, the research that's been since really the beginning of this thing is the older you are. Now, we don't know if any of these guys have preexisting conditions, and it would not at all surprise me if the Dolphins have a guy opt out because he's, he's got some immune issues or he's got something in his, his, his background or a man, member of his close family, uh, his, his, his inner circle has got something that they're susceptible to, to it getting bad. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, but the, the research that we hear more and more is that it, it, there's, there's, there's a link between the, the, the real bad cases of COVID and high cholesterol, actually. If your cholesterol level is at over 190, I think, you're more susceptible to, to some of these illnesses that, that, that come with COVID. And you're right. I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe I can't speak for the, you know, the, the defensive linemen of the world and the, 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 the guards, but these guys out running routes and, you know, covering receivers and all that, they're in pretty good shape. I don't, I don't know how much you're going to have to worry about their cholesterol. All right, so let's, uh, let's enough with the medical talk. Let's talk some football here. Can't, I cannot wait. You want to take uh, a break first? Pardon? You want to take a break first? Um, I'm, it, hey man, I just got back from vacation, but if you want to give me a break 30 minutes into it or 15 minutes into it, I'll <laughs> take it. I think our supervisors at uh, Chatham, uh, our new owners would appreciate this revenue generating break. So we'll be back in a second. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So, Beasley, star of show, who wins the AFC East in 2020? Oh, I'm going to come out firing, baby. I'm not taking any time to, like, throw you a couple of, you know, uh, softballs. I'm coming out with my fastball. 
Well, um, I've seen enough from that uh, 10-second slow-motion pass from Cam Newton to Julian Edelman. Did you see that on Twitter today? I did. Yeah, I've seen enough of that to know that the Patriots are off to the races again and they're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It was a joke. I have no idea who's going to win the AFC East. I think it's going to be as competitive as it's been uh, since I've been on the beat. And, and it's competitive. Yeah, it hasn't been competitive since, what, 2008? It really, yeah, it really hasn't. Yeah, so I, I I would still think you'd have to give the edge to the Patriots, and the Bills certainly have a lot of talent, even though we've gone round and round about Josh Allen in the past. Um, but I do think you cannot discount the Miami Dolphins. I think that they're going to start slow because of this situation. They have so many new moving parts and new, new, new pieces, and, and the 15 practices or whatever they're going to have is not going to be enough time for them to learn a new offense, to learn all their teammates. It's going to be – it might be an ugly trip to Foxborough on September 13th, but Flo showed last year he gets better as the year goes on. There's way more talent. I think they're going to play meaningful games in December, and we'll see a, we'll see a true playoff race uh, in South Florida this year. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I would say to you that right now I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to, to win the AFC East. That's a good uh, pick. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, I've got a 25% chance of being correct. <laughs> um, you know, I just think that they are the more complete team. I th- I like their defense a lot. Their defense is every bit as good as New England's defense. Um, I think that Josh Allen is going to, you know, continue to progress. I'm not saying that he's a – a star quarterback or a franchise quarterback, but I think he's a he's definitely he's already a playoff quarterback. They went to the playoffs last year. I think he takes the next step, and I think that their talent gives them the next step. That's a team that is on the ascent uh, as far as age and and just talent. So I'm going with them. Um, I would pick the Patriots second. Assuming that Cam Newton stays healthy, look, everybody's thinking Cam Newton. Everybody's thinking, oh my gosh, you know the Patriots just reloaded. Well, ask yourself this: they reloaded what? Because the offense that I saw towards the end of last year, and really the entire season for the New England Patriots, if they reload that, they've got a pop gun. <laughs> <laughs> like they have Julian Edelman. And who? Mohamed Sanu? Really? Um, I just don't – I don't see the – where is the Gronk guy? Where is the – you know, I, I, Sonny Michel is a nice little player, but he's, he's a guy. He's just a guy. And so I don't see anything that is just singing and, and, and pounding its chest and going, I'm the big, bad, you know – guy on the block. I just don't. No, and, I, 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 I... Go ahead, I'm sorry. And then there's the Dolphins and the Jets, and you know, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. I think that uh, you'll see a step forward but from Nikhil Harry this year. I think he'll, you know, he, he's certainly better than what he put on tape, uh, but you're right about the Patriots being limited on offense. The question is, can their defense, which lost a lot of pieces, some to the Miami Dolphins, 
can they uh, can they reload and be what they were last year? Because that was obviously a, a defensive-driven uh, team. I, w- I wanted to ask you more about the Dolphins since they're the team that people presumably who are listening to the show care most about. Um, what, what would be, uh, what would surprise you and what would surprise you in a, what would not surprise you in a bad way? Like what, if something good happens for the Dolphins and something bad happens for the Dolphins, how could you see the season playing out? Look, it's going to surprise me if Tua Tungavailoa starts a lot of games for the Dolphins and it's going to surprise me if he doesn't. <laughs> I've got it locked down. <laughs> And let me explain myself. Okay. It's going to be surprising to me if he starts a lot of games for this reason. Um, He hasn't had a full offseason because no one has. He's not going to get the benefit of a traditional training camp and preseason games because no one will. Um, He is still trying to be 100%, and I know that he says he's 100%, but you don't really know until – you know, the hitting starts, and that won't start right away until, like, September. And so it's going to be surprising to me if he can do everything that needs to be done to overcome um, the fact that there's a veteran in town that just has a long gap between himself and the rookie. And he's got the benefit of knowledge. He's got the benefit of experience. And, oh, by the way, the coaches love him. And so there's no real, uh, I would say, there's no real expiration date. There's no real alarm clock set to what we must start Tua. There's none of well, that. Well, I, I think that there is zero chance that Tua starts the opener. I thought there was a small chance. Agreed. I, I thought there was a small chance if it was a normal training camp with normal preseason. But the fact that it's only going to be a – basically a dozen real practices, and then, boom, it's football with no preseason games, really, really, really hurts to his chances. And not only that, I don't know if they're going to want to put him at risk. They shouldn't want to put him at risk considering his injury history. But you're going to have an offensive line that's got how many new pieces now? That You're just throwing these guys together. Maybe rookies start. Maybe they don't. But it's, it's an enormous turnover on that offensive line uh, that was terrible last year. So I think they're going to want to see how that offensive line operates over the course of a couple of games before they even dream about putting him in the lineup. And then at the end of the season, I would be surprised if he doesn't play because, hey, um, hello, you're the first-round draft pick. You're like the number, what was it, number five overall draft pick. Um, they didn't draft you to, to um, you know, this isn't, a baking contest, this is the microwave that we're mm-hmm. using. Go, play. You, you're supposed to be really, really amazing. And so, therefore, you've got to, if you're amazing, uh, I would say that you have to earn some playing time. One of the things that I think last year uh, hurt Josh Rosen's um, status is the fact that towards the end of the season, he was unable to beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. That told people a lot of things. That told the Dolphins a lot of things. The the fact that a guy who was a first-round pick the year before, who they traded for and given up a second and a fifth for, 
was not able to overcome what is obviously and uh, universally considered a journeyman quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he didn't beat that journeyman out. So if you can't beat out a journeyman, how good are you really? And I, that I, same I, argument will apply to Tua at the end of this year. I completely agree. I, I think that the, the, the target date for Tua is uh, November 8th. That's uh, wow. that, that yeah that's that, very specific I know uh, that is the start of a four game stretch that includes these four opponents Armando the Cardinals the Jets the Jets and the Bengals and between those two Jets games is a bye I think that's what they're grooming him for that is the at least on paper the weakest chunk of their schedule I don't see the Cardinals or the Bengals being appreciably better this year the Jets better hope they're better or Adam Gase might be in trouble up there this year. But that is certainly the soft part of their schedule in 2020. That will give him two months from the start of the season to continue to see how that offensive line is doing, how Tua looks in practice. If he progresses how we all think he will, I think that's when they plan. That's uh, that's very well thought out, and I would say, I you know, I would agree with you. That's 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 excellent, Beasley. Woohoo! That's that's amazing. That's. Let's let's break that story. Oh, you just did. Oh, oh, that's great. Now here's a question for you. And this is uh, – I, I know we're done with the COVID talk, but this is a football COVID question. If Ryan Fitzpatrick week one comes down with COVID, who's the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? In week two? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a season unlike anything we you could see a scenario in which Josh Rosen is on the team the entire year and doesn't practice with them that they keep him quarantined and his beautiful house I'm sure he has somewhere and and says you watch our meetings you work out we're keeping you far away from this team because in case one of our guys gets sick you're gonna need to step in immediately right that would make sense uh, strategically but you know that. The Miami Dolphins have this thing called a head coach, and he's a football head coach. Mm-hmm. And he wants – what do football head coaches love to see and love to um, – how do they love to prepare their teams? What do they, what do they use? Uh, do they practice. use quarantine or do they use <laughs> – yeah, practices. Yeah. Uh, I, it would have to – I would say to you that Josh – Josh uh, Rosen is going to get a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work. Well, and, and again, and again, the scenario that we we don't we just don't know, and hopefully this tracking and testing and stuff they have will work. But you go into these meeting rooms with your the rest of your quarterbacks. Are you going to want Tua Rosen and Fitzpatrick all breathing over each other every single day for the next four months? And Jake, I mean, that, you and forgot Jake Rudolph, to talk. That's true, and, and 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 you say that slightly in jest, but I don't think there's a there there. I, I could see a path to which Jake Rudock is on the active roster this year because of we just don't know what's going to happen. We just don't. So, and, and these are a decision every single one of these teams are going to have to make. How much is the work and how much is the one-on-one contact worth it? With the risk that is involved, that if you're, somebody in your quarterback room gets COVID. They're all going to have to. They're all going to have to, the very least, pass two positive tests before they're allowed back in that building. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna defer to these guys are ha- are healthy, strapping young men, and when I see it, then I'll worry about it. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just. 
I have this. I woke up with a, a sore shoulder because I slept wrong. That's my major health concern right now. Uh, so you should, you should go get some treatment. I'm uh, not worried about Ryan Fitzpatrick having COVID. I'm worried about this little ache that I have in my shoulder right now. I'm sure Dr. Uribe, after he's done administering all those COVID tests, will check it out for you. I have to start retyping very soon, so uh, I'm, I've, I've got to get my shoulder right. Do you uh, usually you come back from vacation like a house of fire? You've got boom, scoop after scoop after scoop. Am I building you up too much? Or are you gonna you gonna wow us in the next week, Armando? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different uh, it's a different environment. You it's. Look, let's give people the quick journalism and uh, lesson, and then we'll be out, okay? Sounds, sounds good. So it, covering this team is going to be different in 2020. It just is, right? Correct. Uh, will it be more availability and more ability to find out information, or will it be less availability and uh, very little ability to find out information? It will be less in, than we've ever had in the Super Bowl era. Yes, correct. Uh, because uh, there will be no one-on-ones to speak of. Everything will be in Zoom. Um, there will be no open locker rooms. There will be no. Uh, there will be no chemistry between media and uh, players. There will be no. You know personal exchanges that that stuff is gone goodbye correct i think there's a good chance that there are some of these big free agents that they signed in march we will never ever meet some of them that they will be gone after one year and uh, it'll be like you know we, we would have had we would have spoken to them over the computer but we would never have actually shaken their hand and met them and introduced ourselves just just because we're not going to be anywhere near these guys this year Right. So I would say to you that um, from a journalism standpoint, once again, you're going to see who is who has, um, you know, some critical thinking abilities and who doesn't. And otherwise, it's going to be everybody's writing the same stuff. Yeah. And supporting the same stuff. Well, the good news is this, Armando. I know you for certainly do, and I do as well. Uh, we, we talk to people that just aren't players, and you know, we talk to sometimes players that aren't in a Zoom setting, and we have phone numbers for people that have information that we're going to get out as, as responsibly and as accurately as possible. And that's going to – I think you're right. It's going to separate the, uh, the, the wheat from the chafe. Is that, is, is that, the, uh, is that the saying? I think chaff, but yeah. Chaff? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I've been doing some chafing. Um, so I, I think you're going to see uh, a lot of bad journalism, not just in this market, but throughout all of football. And you're going to see some people who are well-sourced give, give, write some stories that, uh, that are going to shine. And uh, I know what, uh, you know what side of that uh, debate my money is on for the Miami Herald. With that, we want to thank you for joining this resumption of the 2020 NFL season edition of the Miami Dolphins uh, in-depth podcast. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, once again, you are a shiner, brother. Bright, <laughs> bright light in the sky you are. Well, it's, uh, it's great to hear that. It's great to have the positive reinforcement, Armando. My, my life wasn't quite as good over the last month and a half because you weren't a part of it. I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> All right, guys. Join us next week. 
and every week for the Miami Dolphins In-Depth Podcast.